3, 2, 1, roll the footage! Welcome everybody to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm Simon Severino, your host. My guest today was the first CFO to the New Mexico startup Mew Wolf, where 100 artists took over an abandoned bowling alley and built a fantasy land out of it. There, he raised more than $100 million to grow the company to 500 employees and 11 million in annual revenues. Now he's working to have more New Mexico startups experience the same success with the New Mexico Angels. Welcome, everybody. Drew Tolchin. Hi, good day. Thank you for your efforts and a pleasure to be here. So cool to have you here because everybody wants to know how to raise capital and 100 million is a very nice number. How did you do that? Yeah. Well, at Meow Wolf, which is a weird thing in Santa Fe, New Mexico, uh, meowwolf.com, you can find us there. Uh, this wasn't done overnight. And so like many good things in entrepreneurship, it took hard work, perseverance, and a lot of failures. Um, one of the secret ingredients we did manage is George R.R. R. Martin of Game of Thrones fame lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And so my group of artists who had been around doing collective shows and collective entertainment was able to meet him and um, appeal to him about why he should help with the community. And so that was certainly a great start uh, on our way towards what ended up being a, a very strong investment uh, thesis. So one thing is that maybe you have a good relationship to somebody who is influential, but even if you are good friends, you need a very compelling story. So what was yeah. the storyline? Yeah. Um, so luckily, when I was the MBA amongst 100 artists, one thing artists are very good at um, is the visuals. Um, and so our presentation materials looked a lot better than a lot of startups. But then also our story. Uh, this group um, of very creative people at Meow Wolf had done a very strong job of learning how to work together. And so you took artists with different types of skills and different mediums, and you had them make a collective whole. So the parts uh, grew up to be more. So it's the one plus one equals three idea. And by having a very strong, coherent story that was very well thought out and very real to people, the community mindedness was completely real in what they were trying to do. Uh, it made it very easy then to add the business components on top of that. Super cool. I want to know who you nominate for the award. So you can pick only one person that when everybody's zigging, this person is zagging, but they are doing the right thing. Who is this person? Yeah. Um, so I'm a, a disciple of a guy named Kyle Westaway. And Kyle is a lawyer by training. He works on uh, investments, but kind of like you, he's also, in addition to his day job, he's writing and he's an aggregator. And I find that his Weekender, which is one of his writings, is just really everything I read on there, I find interesting and I enjoy. So he gets my tip of the hat as someone who's doing an amazing job to provide information. And again, doing things that are legitimate from passion with authenticity about what he likes and then has value for our business community. Beautiful. And Weekender because it, it is delivered uh, on, on weekends? Yeah. So he does online journalism and he writes for others during the week. And then on the Weekender, it's, that's his time. Cool. And um, 
Tell us a little bit more about what you are up to right now, what you are learning in these funky times. Yeah, um, so amazing times. My hope to all families for safety and well-being um, and that those who have economic hardship can find ways to find the path. Um, I just started as the president of the New Mexico Angels. New Mexico is a state in the Southwest United States. And we're not on the coast. We're not where venture capital lives. Uh, but we have some amazing businesses. We have great entrepreneurs. And the mechanism for success is collective action. It's the whole trick. If you're ever at a party where if everyone has one finger and you get around somebody who's lying down, you can actually lift them all up. We want the same thing here. Crowdfunding, um, bringing people in who aren't used to thinking of themselves as investors uh, and using our personal networks on a personal basis for interaction because New Mexico is a small place. That's the way that we can see companies succeed in our community. I love it. So I, I never tried. Really, with one finger, you can lift a person. <laughs> It's a little party trick. Yeah. Um, light as a feather, <laughs> stiff as a board. So try it. Next time we're all allowed to be together or if you've got a large enough family. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking if my family is large enough, can four people do it? <laughs> <laughs> Might take more than one figure. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Tell us more about it. How, how do you do that? How do you, what's, what's this structure and then what's the trigger and, and, and then what are all these fingers that come together? Yeah. Great. So, you know what, we've got three strongest principles. So I'll start with each one and then stop and give you a chance to add more questions. Uh, the first one is um, if any of you uh, are entrepreneurs yourselves uh, and you have to do a presentation, do you want to pitch Like, do you like getting pitched to? We, in the United States, we just finished our political campaign where people were calling all the time. I don't like to get pitched. And so I don't ever want to pitch somebody. You need a presentation. That's very important. But let's have a relationship. Let's connect on as human beings. If I'm the entrepreneur, I want to listen. I want to ask questions. I want to understand who this person is and why they might have a common interest. So that's number one. Don't pitch. Build relationships. How does that sound? Much better than just getting something something sold. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two, one of the things that we've been thinking about here in New Mexico is what we call alternative term sheets, right? If we're do, getting outside investors to a company, we often need a legal document, uh, an offering. And the first kind of executive summary of that is a term sheet. What are the, what are the, what's the deal? And what we've been trying to think about is not only what is a win for the company, What is a win for the investor? But what's also a win for the community? So it's the win-win-win for everyone. And does this actually help the customer? And so we want an alternative term sheet where everybody can make money, where it's fair, but where it's also going to help the employees, the customers, the business itself. Um, and it's not just about putting money in and then taking money out and being extractive. Beautiful. Yeah. Who is the ideal client, if you have a client, or how do you call them? Yeah, yeah, client. Um, so New Mexico Angels is a membership organization. Find us online at nmangels.com. Um, and so we're very interested in, in having people who care about investing in small companies or who want to serve other startups and the, the entrepreneurship ecosystem. And then on the other side, Uh, we need partners. So we need uh, these startups, these founders, these entrepreneurs who want to grow a business. It doesn't have to be a unicorn. Uh, we like what's called zebras instead of unicorns. You need a lot of them. Um, and if you're into American baseball, it's a single or a double 
and you're not just swinging for the fences for a home run because the people who go for home runs, they also strike out. So do you want to be zero or 100? Or do you think that there's a way in between of being successful and being strong and providing financial returns, but it doesn't always have to try to eat a moonshot? Nice. Zebras. Zebras. <laughs> Is there a recent book or podcast that touched you? Mm. Um, my friend Paul Zelizer, or Zelizer um, he has a podcast called Awarepreneurs. Uh, and I really believe he's bringing together your thinking, your spirituality, and how you feel with business. So it's kind of the left and right brain. Um, so I give him a shout out and really appreciate his good work and the people who put time. And then there's a Harvard business professor named Clay Christensen that passed away this calendar year. Um, and so in eulogy, I started seeing some of the stuff he did. Uh, and he has some very short pieces that I think are very powerful. And particularly for people who are in the marketplace looking for customers or looking how to make sure your product matters, I would say Clay Christensen's doing a lot of great work. Absolutely. And um, yeah, so what's, if you look forward, what, how, how do you see the next year in terms, in general terms, but especially for your endeavors? Yeah. Um, well, we're hoping that we can evolve out of uh, our COVID and our pandemic world, right? Um, I, I don't think we're going to go back. A lot of people say, I just want to get back to normal. And I don't think that we have the luxury of that. But I think we can go forward towards a very positive environment. And the things that are important to me, things that I've seen be successful in New Mexico, uh, one is to understand the needs of those around you, right? Your customer. It sounds very basic, but a lot of times businesses are thinking about what they want to do or what they feel they do best, which is valuable, but not to actually understand what the marketplace needs and those who have needs, how to fulfill them. So that's number one, is making sure we're catering to those customers. Um, the number two is something that I feel very strongly about is the rise of CSR, corporate social responsibility, or ESG, right, with the environment, or what they call the triple bottom line, that you're not only going to make money, but you can also help society community. You also can uh, help the environment. And then there's a fourth bottom line, which is community or spirituality. And I think that any effort that is trying to maximize all four bottom lines is actually going to do much better and have a much stronger ROI, return on investment, than just someone who's trying to uh, profit maximize. Absolutely. And so when you say community, which communities uh, do you serve? Yeah, really, that's, I like your observation there, because as you know, there's very many of them. Um, in New Mexico, uh, again, it's a very small rural place. So getting people to think about their neighborhood, to think about where they shop, the circumference of where they shop. Uh, we have some Native American people who live very far away. And so to actually buy groceries, they're driving 60 miles each way, 100 kilometers. So to think about what community is and how to help serve collectively uh, and also how to bring modernity, the, uh, the luxuries of our 21st century to communities that have struggled with cell phone service. They struggle with Wi-Fi, and then they struggle with a lot of health and community ills. And so how do we take the best of and make sure it affects everybody and not just the wealthy people in the big cities? Absolutely. 
what are what are things that you learned via this pandemic that you might not have learned otherwise? Oh, I love that question. Wow. Um, one of the things that uh, has been necessary for me in the pandemic is a little dis self-discipline around scheduling. Uh, what I've chosen to do now that we're starting to get into winter a little bit, uh, we've recorded this in November, is uh, to take time in the middle of the day and to enjoy the outside when it's nice out, to, to walk, to eat outside, to get my exercise, um, and know that there's plenty of time to do work at other times. And so to actually have a fealty or, or kind of really stick to a schedule. Um, usually I was so interested in making sure that I was available or that I was working that I would put that first. And so to actually make a choice about my personal schedule, which is a little bit of an indulgence, but it's for the overall health, I think makes me a better person. Uh, and is something that I wouldn't have done if we'd just been in business as usual. I love it. I just did today for some clients a, a video on how to structure the day when you're working from home in this pandemic. And, uh, and I did, and I show, I, I, I shared in this video the real way that I organize my day. And in my day, I do two exercises in, in one day, two exercises in nature every day. So one is more endurance and just being in nature and the other one is more more intense. But it is so important, especially if you are in so much Zooms uh, like we are, that um, to have a general flow so that one day can be of an example, as you said, of many layers of your existence and your surrounding and your community and nature is also part of our community. And so that you have in one day everything that you need and you don't need to wait for, let's say, the weekend for for your life to start because it's, it's happening right now. Yeah, excellent. Beautiful. Can you tell us uh, some examples of uh, projects, activities in your community that you would like to share? Mm, thanks. Um, so I'm only in week two as president of the New Mexico Angels, so I'm learning something new, and many of you uh, know what that's like, drinking from the fire hose, right, where you've got a lot of new environments. But it's very exciting with the opportunity that there are quite a number of startups, even some new ones since COVID began, uh, many that are hanging on very well with a COVID-oriented product. And so I really want to get the word out and help with marketing communicate um, to help the startups to get funded so that they can create jobs and make my community better. Um, and then I really want to help uh, angels uh, or early investors, and that includes some of our early seed venture capitalists, to be able to work together in a very fluid way that doesn't have friction so that we can come together, have collective good, and just have uh, investment go faster. Sometimes startup funding can take a really long time. And that's time that the entrepreneur could probably be better spent into growing their business. Absolutely. I'm so curious about your next CEO tips, but first one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. You are all about relationships and having them in a very specific way. So how should we not manage relationships and how should we manage them? Uh, great. Well, I think a lot of people, uh, you should bring in your own style. You should be authentic to yourself. 
I was just reading about WeWork and their leadership there. And for a long time, they were very successful and well thought of because of how charismatic uh, Adam was, their, their CEO. But I really think authenticity, um, speaking from your heart, I think listening more than talking, which can be hard for a lot of founders that are really just trying to get the word out about what they're doing. Um, but everything that I've read indicates that that leads to greater success. So I think those items would be great ways to start um, as kind of first steps that I would suggest. Which uh, literature would you recommend around your, your topic, venture capital? Uh, well, so I think there's plenty of stuff on venture capital. So let me give something that's a little bit less typical. Um, I am, uh, let me give you two things. One is I'm a disciple of Guy Kawasaki, who became famous out of Apple with Art of the Start. Um, but I continue to like um, his, his style. He's a little kind of crotchety, a little cantankerous, right? Um, He's a little edgy. Um, and I think a lot of what he says about how you take design and move that into your world, regardless of what your world is, all, all activities can have design. So I think that that's very valuable. And then the other thing that I think is incredibly uh, important is what's called the triple bottom line or social responsibility. And impact investing has become very popular, uh, but it's not actually that new. And so for people to look back at impact investing Uh, for many, many years, people like Jed Emerson or Social Venture Circle, these have a lot of really good ways that you can learn a lot about something that's um, becoming more and more true in our world today. Beautiful. And let's dive deeper into this, this topic of yours, that business and community and spirituality, it's all one, it's all connected. Because the more I, I grew older, the less I can separate these things. And the, the less I can accept that we, we, we should even think of separating these things. Um, if I think of, of, of our work, uh, coaching people to double their revenue in 90 days, it's really not about the revenue. We, we, we say revenue because that's the vitality side. We want to say, hey, it's about the life of your business. And, um, and so, and the revenue is, of course, the oxygen of every business. But, It's, that's on a body level. Of course, when you work with the CEO, you work on many levels of how much are you committed but not attached to your work? What does your work mean? What's the impact of what you are doing? Who, whose life are you changing and in which way? And this, I cannot see them uh, differently than these are spiritual questions. How can you grow via your involvement with the world? How can you yeah. get more in, 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 in with the world in fixing problems and in making stuff better, right? Yeah, you totally get it. Yeah, and it's not that radical, right? It doesn't have to be a radical idea. Um, it, it should be an integrated idea into who you are every day and who's around you every day and how you interact with them. And also when, when you say you were the MBA in, in between 100 artists, I, I, I really think of work as being the, the play of adults. Mm, nice, yeah. Playing, at some point, you are 20, you are 30, at some point you are in an, in an economic setting, you have some form of economic responsibility for somebody. And, and with responsibility comes the point of keeping the freedom alive 
And freedom and responsibility are always together. But now you have to you have to deliver, right? And this is when the adult play comes in. And to me, entrepreneurship is the ultimate art of the adult play. Yeah, I love what you're saying. And Meow Wolf was certainly about that. And then there's been other what they call experiential entertainment as well. Here in New Mexico, I was also uh, had the benefit of being part of Electric Playhouse. Uh, and Electric Playhouse was taking that. They were using digital projection technology, right? So you didn't have to touch anything. Um, and it's this idea that we need to have play. We need to have play with our families, with our friends. Um, and Meow Wolf was all about creativity and sparking imagination. Uh, because in American culture, we're often looking at our devices. Even if we go to Disneyland, everything may be wonderful, but it's scripted. When was the last time you had a spontaneous, unscripted, imaginative experience where you just had to use your brain and your ideas and those around you? And sadly, that's getting rare. And I think that that's a really powerful force that can not only do business, but also can do a lot for community. And right now we are all forced in, in a limited, limited playing field. And, and right now we see how important this is. First, we are all connected. Nobody can be successful alone. Nobody can be successful doing whatever we were doing before. We all have to adapt. We all have to have deep conversations in order to find out what, what's the new way of, of doing things right. And then, and then it's really about keeping, keeping this, this, the spirit alive, keep keep rolling and, and keep playing, right? Because uh, otherwise, creativity cannot come out of this. We had so many dark months, and now some things in the US are 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 moving finally. Uh, and in Europe, we have the second lockdown, but everybody has this responsibility of of keep moving, of keep being creative and connecting. So your, what, what you are doing can be also be seen as a microcosm of what the world needs to do, right? Bring art and money together and, and create wonderful stuff. Yeah, I love that, especially since, like you said, we're so depressed by the news, both in our communities and around the world, that the way out of that is to be better. Um, and business makes sense. I mean, your 90 days about resident revenue, if there's authenticity and desirability, you're going to be successful. And I think if all of us were a little kinder, a little better, a little better at listening and then helping people around us and giving, um, then I think that that will also be true with our business activities. And I, it sounds a little, a little hippie-ish maybe, a little optimistic, but let's try it because uh, we've only had some negativity and we need to move things around and better and, and help a lot of other people. And maybe just do, everyone doing a little bit can uh, start us on that path. You know, I hope there were more hippies here because at the end, wh what is the most important thing in life? It's love. Whatever we do, it's about connecting to love, sharing love, and uh, and uh, really amplifying the power of love. And uh, so, um, yeah, I hope I hope hippies hippies uh, get get more, get back, get more, get stronger, get together, get organized. Yeah. So. Talking of hippies, who should be my next guest? Mm. You know, um, uh, something that may not be known internationally, here in New Mexico, we have a town called Taos. And Taos has a place called the Taos Ski Valley. And Taos Ski Valley uh, has been family owned. 
So that makes it atypical for uh, an entertainment location. And then the other thing that sets them apart is they are the first ski location that's what's called a B Corp or benefit corporation. So they have gone out of their way to demand that they're going to be a company that's doing better for the world. Uh, and so when you think about a ski resort, there's a lot of ways to be good for the environment, to good, be good for the community and good for other people. And so I tip my hat to them. And I think they'd be fascinating to have the management team talk about their dedication to being a B Corp. Beautiful. Drew, where can people stick around and read more and watch more about you? Yeah, thank you. Um, so New Mexico Angels, nmangels.com. And then my consulting is called Upspring, Up, U-P, Spring, Upspring Associates. And we have a lot of publications and blogs and materials available for free. People are welcome to download them and use them and really hope that everyone can achieve their own dreams. Beautiful. And uh, who, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Is there anything that I forgot to ask you? Oh, thanks. Um, you know, one thing that you had asked before uh, to share is that idea of um, spirituality as well. So the, the four bottom lines, it's not my idea. It actually started in New Zealand. It was the first place I read about it. And the government actually took it on as a way for the government's actions to be understood. So if people want to learn more about that, I would suggest checking that out. Um, I, again, it's, it can help you do business better. It's not a way of avoiding business. It's a way of being thorough about your business. So kind of the quadruple bottom line, um, the four P's. Wonderful. Thank you so much and come back soon. Thank you. I appreciate the offer. Appreciate you uh, and, and hope everyone stays safe and takes care of themselves. Bye. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.